Now, mm -hmm. can anybody remember what we did last week? The week before? We're focusing on the Ten Commandments. And if you remember two weeks ago, um, I had a two-part thing going on and I never got to the second part. So praise the Lord, you're going to get the second part. <laughs> We've been talking about how to uh, begin to share our testimony and our lives with, with others. But how important it is to know what the scriptures say about God's standard and God's law. Just as a recap, two or three weeks ago, I said, for someone to actually take hold of and uh, accept the remedy, they've got to first realize what their issue is. And what a lot of people have encountered is we've got the answer before we realize we've got a problem. And the, the, the law of God, the standards of God, the precepts of the Lord enable the human heart to understand they're in need. They need a savior. They need a savior to save them. So without understanding how the law works, we can't. I think we've been afraid to preach the law because we don't want to be labeled as hellfire preachers. I'm just going to pray because I can feel some strong words coming on. <laughs> Put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, I'm ready for this. Thank you, Father. Lord, I bless you that your word is settled forever. It can never be changed, Lord. And I thank you that my heart is, is the right soil for your word to go in. And so I receive your word today, Lord, over my life. Lord, I expect it to produce a harvest, not just to irritate me or to make me think, but to produce a harvest. Your word is life, Jesus. So produce life in us today, Lord. Multiplication in us today. We receive your word, Jesus. It's a good word. Amen. Amen. That was a faith statement. It's a good word. I've not even, I don't know what I'm going to preach yet. The, the issue is that if, if we don't preach the standard, then people can't see that they actually have fallen below that standard. If we realize by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we've fallen below that standard, we can then reach out for the remedy, which is the altogether lovely, beautiful Savior, the one who was, is, and is to come, Jesus. So keep him in view. And I read that scripture this morning. It's one of my favorites. If you can have favorites, it's, it is one of my favorites. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, because there were many, many Jesuses, you know, and of Nazareth isn't his surname. It's who he is, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. And power. Now I want to tell you, every one of you has got same Holy Spirit, same power. Shall I say it again? Amen. Sounds great, doesn't it? Every one of us in this room today has the same Holy Spirit and the same power. So if Jesus went about doing good, I can go about doing good. If Jesus went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil, then I can go around healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Oh, I like it. The same Holy Spirit he released. And when he, went, he said, I've got to go because I've got to send him to you. And he's the one that's going to what? Reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit. He's going to be the one that tells you, you've got me. Hallelujah. So there's no question about it. Does anybody go through this? Is it me? Is it God? Is it me? Is it God? It's always God. And it's always you. So yes, this is the right answer. Yes, it will always be you. Because, you know, unless you're, unless you're having a nice body experience. But, it's, but God is in you. 
So if it's anything good, and if it's anything that's, that's, that's breaking the kingdom of the darkness down, then it is God. It's the same power. I want to hear some of you say, I'll have some of that. It isn't the gospel according to Jenny Watson. It's the gospel according to Jesus, who is on the inside of us by his spirit. Now, if I don't get onto that, we're not going to get anywhere. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So when you wake up in the morning, thank you, Lord, you're with me. Therefore, if you're with me, I can do everything Jesus did. I can certainly do everything you tell me to do. So uh, I want to just quickly whiz through these things. The phrase, the Ten Commandments, is found only three times in Scripture. If you want to take notes, you can take notes. But this is just a little bit of trivia for you. But the Ten Commandments is, is more than in one place. Three times, the, the Ten Commandments. They're a summary or basis of the whole law of Moses in the same sense that on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. These two commandments are what? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and you shall neighbor as yourself. In those two commandments hang everything else. Be rightly aligned to God. Be rightly aligned to one another. Jesus taught that. There are only, they're the only part of the law Moses spoke by God's audible voice to Israel. Now, we're a prophetic house. Every one of us has the ability. It says the hearing ear and the seeing eye, God has made them both. God has made you to hear his voice. Say, I can hear the voice of the Lord. Is that God's audible voice? Could well be. Is it the sensing of the Holy Spirit as the Lord reveals himself to you and speaks to you? Yes, it could be. Could it be in pictures? Yes, it could be. The Lord can speak to you in a hundred different ways if you just be open to him. How does God's voice sound on the inside of you? It sounds like you talking to you. Well, that's not very helpful, Jenny. Well, that's as best I can do. You can discern the voice of the Lord. How? By reason of use. The saints have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So, not... not these are not the only commandments of Moses. How about this? There were 203 others about the Sabbath, Passover, and other things, as well as personal commandments given to him before the 10 on Sinai. And 155 were given to him when he received the 10. That's a lot of commandments. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you just glad that we got them in this summary of 10? We'll have the 10. After receiving all these, the book of the law was ratified by the blood of animals. Later, 2,345 other commands were added to the book of the law of Moses. We sang today, I don't know whether it was in the watch or in the, in the, in the, um, in the worship, we sang about freedom. Or did somebody speak freedom? Somebody, we've had the word freedom today. Yeah, Jesus came so that you could fulfill all these and someone has said about the Ten Commandments, you know where it says, thou shalt, thou shalt, we're going to go through them in a minute, thou shalt, thou shalt. Somebody said, these are not laws that we've got to straightjacket. They're actually promises. They're promises. Read them in a different way. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You won't steal. Why? Because my power is inside of you and you don't have to. There's a greater law at work within you that means you don't have to sin. Hello, somebody needed to hear that today. I'm a sinner. I'm always going to be a sinner. I'm a sin, 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 sin. We've got to quit that. I'm a, I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I have the power to choose rightly and not sin. If I don't want to sin, I don't have to sin. If it says sin not, sin not, sin not, sin not, sin not. But if you do, 
you've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. There's your promise. Your promise is you don't have to sin. Why? Why can he make that promise? Because sin kills. Sin destroys. Sin breaks down. Sin presses you away from God, not pulls you towards him. Why did Jesus come to die? So that you could be drawn near. Oh, hallelujah. So we don't have these 2,345 commands. You can keep every single one of them if you've got Jesus. Because he fulfills them all. And I'm in him. That's why we can enter into that rest. The Ten Commandments were called the covenant because they were the basis of the entire contract between God and Israel in Sinai. They were not the entirety of the law of God and Moses, just the first part of the contract spoken audibly by God. God added no more audibly, not because his law was ended, but because Israel begged not to hear his voice anymore. Now we are living in a day when people don't want to hear the voice of the Lord. Do you know that there are demonic spirits that try to spew out the prophets that don't want the prophetic? Even in this town, there have been voices of authority that said, we don't want that prophetic stuff. What, you don't want the voice of the Lord released? Terry, how did you feel today when you had prophetic word over you? Edified, built up, encouraged, stirred, released. And he's got a whole group of people rooting with him to see that word fulfilled. I want what is on the inside of him released because he's going to make me greater inside because I'm going to get built up and I'm going to get edified. Come on, church. It's a different day. We're going to take that cap off and that lid off over this region. This 50-mile radius has not yet seen the people that we're becoming. Told you I would dance today. Where have I been? I don't know what. <laughs> I think I need to go on holiday more often. God spoke all these words. This is, now, I want, I'm going to go quick now, so this, you won't be able to get all these down. The Lord wants to be known. He wants you to know him fully. Not a little window like this. Bebo. Have you seen on, uh, on oh, you probably haven't seen this because you're not Facebook people, I know. There's this, uh, there's this little video clip. It's actually, there's two or three that have done it, of, of dads with little ones like, like Shiloh and like, um, like Bernice, like our little ones, right? And Daddy is doing peekaboo like this. But Daddy, obviously, familiar, got a beard, like Howard, right? And what they've done to this child is, in the peekaboo peekaboo, Daddy is hidden, shaved his beard, and come back under. Oh, yeah. The horror, the absolute horror and terror on these tiny tots. Why? Because Dad's become safe, familiar someone to cover me, protect me. Suddenly, I don't know this person. And dad's got to now renew all that trust because you've done it to me once, dad. It's it's, it's horrible to watch because these sweet little children are like playing with dad, playing with dad, playing with them. And you can just see the fear grip them. Now that fear is what people are going to find when they see him. Because they've not known him. They've not known him in his beauty, in his loveliness. 
God wants to be known. God spoke all these words. Exodus 20 verse 1 says, God spoke all these words. Now, I am the Lord your God. I am Jehovah, your Elohim. I am the eternal, your creator. This is one of the unusual ways that God has introduced himself to man. He says, I am the Lord 108 times. Do you think he wants to know that he, he wants you to know that he's the Lord? I'm going to go quick now because there's a lot. I am the almighty God. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Bethel. I'm the God Almighty. These are how God has said. He's spoken these out. I'm the God, the God of your father. I am that I am. I'm the Lord your God. I'm the Lord your God. I'm the Lord their God. I am he. I am God. I am your God. I am the Lord your holy one. When you see them all together, it's like God's shouting from heaven. I am. I want you to know that I am. (laughs) I am the first. I am the last. Did you know that God said that before Jesus did? I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy Savior. I am I'm thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. You can use this scripture when you speak into Jehovah's Witnesses where Jesus says, I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. God spoke it in Isaiah. He spoke it in the Old Testament first. And Jesus used the same words so that we know that he is who he is. I'm a witness. I'm the Lord your God of all flesh. I love that scripture. That's another one of my favorites. Behold, I am the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Just pinch your neighbor. Are they flesh? Pinch your neighbor. Did they say ouch? Are they made of flesh? If they're made of flesh, then God is the God of all flesh. What right has cancer to be in that body? Leukemia to be in that body? What right has pain to be in that body? He's the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for him? Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. Nothing is too difficult. I am the Lord your God. I am your God. I'm a great king. I don't know if anybody's counting how many scriptures. I haven't. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, uh, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So that's how the father introduced himself. Do you think he wants to be known? The problem in the Old Testament was the, the formal religious system meant that God was afar off, couldn't get close to him, revere him, honor him. But there's no relationship like with our Jesus. Here Jesus comes into the scene and he says, I want to really show you what the Father's like. He's up close and personal. He's in your face. He's as close as your next breath because I am the embodiment of who he is. So how did Jesus introduce and describe himself? I'm the bread of life. I'm the living bread. I'm the light of the world. I am he. I am. I'm the door of the sheep. Oh. I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd, I am the son of God, I'm the resurrection and the life, I'm the way, the truth and the life, I'm the truth. This is the one we're going to take out on the doors, by the way. I am Jesus, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, I'm the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and I'm alive forevermore. He's alive, church, he's alive. My God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside I am the root and offspring of David. I'm the bright and morning star. So, Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before or besides me. Who wants any more? Hello? I go, yes, Lord. That's a good promise for me. I don't want any other gods. Every other god is a... You shall not make for yourself any graven image to worship it or any likeness of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. 
Anything you tolerate that is not godly in your life, you become a slave to. That's a word for somebody in here today. And if you're in slavery, it certainly isn't the Jesus model and the Jesus way. Anything you tolerate, if you say, well, this is the way that I am, or I've had it for so long now, I just have to live with it, you're you're enslaved to it. And whatever you're enslaved to, you can never, ever set anybody else free from. Oh, I'm preaching good now. I am preaching good now because Jesus inside of you wants to set you completely free so that others can be free. People don't want your bondage. Keep it, but keep it somewhere else. If you've got bondage of any sort, this is the place to get free. Amen? Isn't that right? Amen? I'm preaching up today. Jesus is good. I'm sorry, but I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. It's a word life. The word is life. You shall not use or repeat the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is lightly or frivolously, in false affirmations or profanely, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I want to know how, how we've got to this state where we can actually use Jesus as a swear word, but you can't actually say a word against any other false gods. <laughs> not that we would want to. Who wants the name of any other God on their lips? But why have we pulled the name of Jesus down to this? And I want to know, too, why you can talk about church, talk about being a Christian, talk about anything, can't you? You mention Jesus and you get a reaction. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. I loved it this morning when we sang Jesus, when I speak your name. And then I hear Kev go, Jesus! <laughs> yes! Yes! I want to do that. I want to do that. There's some people travelling down the A27 yesterday, eh? Could be you or me. This could be our last day, friends. I want my last day to be resounding about him. Don't you? Lives like this, just being snuffed out day after day after day after day. I want my days to count. When I have an opportunity to praise the Lord with you guys, I want to praise the Lord with you guys with all my heart, all my soul. All my, I want, listen, if it happens this week, you have a big knees up and you say she ran well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big knees up. She was always first to the microphone. She was always there. Oh, I've been reading some books, I've got to tell you. Oh dear, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. Two books to take on holiday with you, right? Revival Praying. Oh my goodness. Do you know when some of the old revivalists, the, the old revival prayers, when they, when they died, people went to see where they lived. And do you know there were grooves in the floor? One guy died, and he had calluses on his knees. You know what a callus is, for those of you that don't know? That's from being in the same position and rubbing your knees on the floor until they're red raw, and then they grow a scab, and then it gets painful. You know, we play at it, don't we? Don't we really? 
Nobody's going to, I'm not going to have that kind of testimony. She was a good preacher. She made us laugh. I hope not. Amazing. I haven't got any books in the bookshop, so it's not a plug. But it's challenged me to the core to think, what is this world all about? What are we doing, folks? If we can't get this thing right, you know, we had a great watch this morning. Loads of people at this watch. But this, this should be every day. It should be every day. If we were living, for, if, we were li- if we were truly living what we believed, you know what? One of these revival, one, one of the, one of the uh, things was, um, actually it wasn't one of the revivalists, it was somebody that Leonard Ravenhill knew. Um, it, was, it was some kind of great preacher or prayer or somebody, and it was famous, and this limousine had, had shown up and said, we'd like to take you to dinner. And, uh, and he said, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't do that because I have an appointment. And he chose. And I'm thinking, oh, do I choose? No. I pray when it's convenient. I pray when it's not difficult. I pray when I'm with my friends. I love it when you're at the prayer meeting because I don't want to be on my own, you see. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just saying, when we talk about up in the ante... If we really wanted to wrestle with those principalities and powers, and if we really wanted to be in that place of prayer like Jesus, it would be different to what it is. I believe we're getting there. I believe we're doing good. But let us not say we've made it. Is anybody else with me on that? And then this other one, Jill, is Rules of Engagement by Martha Lucia. And we're going to be following through and studying this through at prayer school from September the 4th through to December. Uh, This will be the um, required reading for prayer school on a Friday morning, 9.30 till 12.30. But that Martha's book uh, about rules of engagement is all about um, how we engage principalities and powers to bring the kingdom in. And do you know where it says every place where the, the sole of your foot will tread? The sole of your foot is also the palm of your hand. And when you recognize that the sole of the foot and the palm of the hand are the same thing, when you go and lay hands on that map, something happens. Something transacts. When you lift your hands in praise, something transacts. We don't do this, you know, because it's just a standard way to do it. Become a Christian and learn, and learn all the techniques. Every time you choose to lift your hand, you slap the enemy somewhat. Every time you choose to praise in the midst of the congregation, you're dealing with the enemy. And if we understood that, sing praises to God with understanding. Anyway, get on with this. You shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. And I think for me, I need a, an upgrade and a, a, just a, a, a check in how frivolous I speak sometimes. And we'll do this. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean it. It's just a joke. Don't we say that? It's just a joke. I mean, oh, just a joke. Every idle word is being written down. Would you like it all? Shall we get the book out today? Everything that you've said that you wouldn't really like everybody else to hear. Shall we just get the book out now? No, of course not. This commandment is against false swearing, blasphemy, and all profane, trivial, and irreverent uses of God's name. It also refers to using God's name in false religions, witchcraft, conjuring, any abuse of his holy name whatsoever. The right use of his name is confined to sacred things, prayer, praise, prophecy, teaching, worship, and communion. 
for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. No penalty is stated here, but death is specified in those scriptures. Oh dear, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, runs into it and is safe, high above evil and strong. Did I give you some uh, little sheets two weeks ago? Did they get sent out? Did they, everybody got one? Who didn't get one? Okay, we'll have them for next week. Not those, Irene. There were, there were names of Jesus. The names of Jesus. Have you got, anybody got theirs with them? Oh, there we go. Look. No, Jean uses it. It's supposed to be untidy. This has got uh, lots of names of Jesus, of how he revealed himself and, and descriptions of him. And so we wanted everybody to have one of those. So we'll get some more printed out for next week. You can use them in your um, devotion, but also it's good for you to get an understanding. Do you know that? Thanksgiving is, re- is related to what God has done in our lives, but praise is related to who God is. So if you want to expand your praise experience, you have to have a greater revelation of who he is. And how do you do that? By his word. You find out what he said about himself in his word. Number four, earnestly remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, withdrawn from common employment and dedicated to God. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. Who has had their Shabbat this week? Well, well, we had quite a few Shabbats on the, on the beach. but uh, You know, who is, who is, who, okay, let me ask you a different question. How many of us in this room are seeking to have a rhythm of life where we take at least a portion of our week and make it a Shabbat to the Lord? I need to see all those hands. If you don't, it's no good coming out for prayer on Sunday because the Lord says he wants you to have that rhythm of rest where you enter into the Shabbat in faith so that he can bless the other portion of your week. Are you still with me? Is that right or not? So, so if you don't do that, come and talk to one of the leaders about it. How do I do that? How do I get into that rhythm of life where I enter into Shabbat? Kick your shoes off, have a glass of wine, have friends around for dinner, but you're not doing any normal work and you're entering into it by faith. You're asking Jesus to come into that. Then you're doing it by faith. Whatever is not from faith is sin, it says in Romans. Number five, regard, treat with honor, due obedience and courtesy your father and mother as I have done all my life, not, uh, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God gives you. I honor my mum and dad today. I'm glad they're here. May they be here for many more years. But we should treat our our fathers and mothers with respect. Is that right? You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit murder because the greater one is in you. And you can love your enemies and you can overcome. You shall not commit adultery because you can keep your life clean and your mind clean. And you can stay within the parameters. You shall not steal. You shall not falsely witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, or his manservant. I think this is a biggie in this day and age because materialism is coming at us all the time. 
and I see something else and I go, oh yeah, that's a really nice jacket that I wish it was mine. Coveting. Nice earrings, Suzanne. Wish I had them though. You know what I'm saying? Is there anything you want now that someone else has got? Probably not because you're all good Christians. But isn't that right? See, my dad, my dad wants you, Matthew, my dad wants your car, your car. Wouldn't it be great if we had the freedom in our lives when someone says, I really like that, to just say, here, have it. I saw that in operation. I saw that in operation. We were at a conference and it was the, do you remember the old Integrity Music? And uh, it was one of the worship team and she got this beautiful bangle on. And uh, my friend Carol said, oh, I do like your bangle. And she said, here, then you have it. I wish I'd have said that. <laughs> what, a, what a release to be able to just do that. See, if I really believed that my life is not my own, I'd hold on to things very lightly and I'd be able to just say. But could I also say, I'll wait until Jesus gives me something? Oh dear. I would struggle with that. I'm being honest. How, how do, I want my heart right. I want to know how to live. You know, Liz, Liz when she went over to IHOP, we heard of, of uh, friends that had had, you know, successful lives and, and accumulated things, but had come to a place where they said, I want my life to just be uh, in two suitcases so that I can go whenever he calls and wherever he wants me to go. Yeah, I know, Ian. Never mind two suitcases. I need two houses. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, because we live in a society that says our possessions and what we have actually is our identity. Is, I'm, I'm, that's right. Good, good preaching. So are we asking the Lord to do a work in us? It does not go, well, I'm going to treat them mean to keep them keen. God doesn't. God wants to bless. There's nothing wrong with having good things, nice things, expensive things, like your Rolex did. Um, there's nothing wrong with having the best. If you can afford the best, have the best. There's nothing wrong with that. It's knowing that that doesn't have a hold on you. It's knowing that you could be just as happy without it because he is the satisfier of your soul. And if he can satisfy you without stuff, he'll let you have the stuff. But when I read that book... I don't know whether I'd rather have the calluses and a crown in heaven. It challenges me. Really challenges me. So here endeth, because I don't know what else to say to cheer you up. <laughs> Let's ask the Lord to do a work on our heart, shall we? Shall we? Lord, Lord, we love everything about your word. We love your law. We love the richness, Father of your plan and the way you've done it. And Lord, we know that you're training us. We're in a season, Lord, where you're getting us to drop stuff off. And Lord, I ask that you'd help us to be kind to one another. Lord, where we're struggling with it, would you help us to help one another? Make us sharers of what we have so that the world might know that there's a God who loves us and is rich in mercy. Lord, help me to be loose in giving able Lord to give beyond anything I've done before 
But above all, Lord, we want to be those that know your law is right. Help us, Lord, as we prepare our hearts for this evangelism in September and October. We don't want your word, Lord, to come crashing down, Lord, breaking people. We want your word, Lord, to be something that is redemptive. Your, your law, Lord, to bring them to a place of complete surrender where they can put their hand in yours, Jesus, and be lifted over and above and through that great chasm, Lord. We're asking, Lord, that you make us a fit house for salvation, a fit house for salvation, Jesus. We want you to trust us with new life, with new babies, Lord, with those, God, that need a saviour. Lord, we don't want to preach a gospel that is soft. We want to preach a saviour who is beautiful and perfect and who has a standard. Lord, I ask that there would be the roar of the lion throughout, Lord, all of our week, that as we come to meet and pray together, there would be, Lord, that expansion of kingdom and that, that increase, Lord, in our prayer life and experience. I pray, Lord, as the leaders meet tomorrow, Lord, that you would help us to just see what you need us to see. Lord, as the prophetic teams uh, get together this week, Lord, that they would hear what they need to hear and be able to be sharpened. Lord, as the worship team gather on Tuesday, Lord, that there would be an outbreak of spirit-led worship as we prepare for Touchpoint, Lord. And the things that are coming up in the calendar, we're asking, Father, that you would cause that altar that is being built here to be sweet, Lord, to you.